You already know to trust the Sci-Fi Generation podcast for suggestions on what to watch. And you know, we've actually given you a few decent suggestions on other shows to listen to as well. Well, today, I want to keep that part of our tradition alive. I've got a clip of a new podcast show I want you to check out. This one, I'm hooked on. It's not science fiction or even fiction at all, really, but I think you'll like it too. The premise is this. Since the founding of the United States, in every generation, in every field of business, politics, sports, and society, we've watched, somewhat in shock, as corruption, deceit, and desire bring down heroes, or larger-than-life titans we thought we could trust. In the aftermath, we're left with too many questions, like, how did this happen? Who's to blame? American Scandal is a new podcast from Wondering, and it'll answer these questions. They tell the stories of America's biggest scandals, covering the who, how, and the why, to discover what happened, how they changed our country, and what lessons we can learn from them. The show, again, is called American Scandal. The first story is a look inside America's pastime, baseball, and a scandal that changed the way we view a lot of our favorite athletes, even beyond baseball. It's good. I'm going to play this clip for you now. Why are you listening? Subscribe to American Scandal on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is American Scandal. It's September 3rd, 2003, a little past noon on a clear, sunny day. Sweat, adrenaline, and anticipation fill the air. Two dozen officers from five different government agencies stand in a park near the San Francisco airport. Leading the charge is a lean, focused man, standing six foot seven. Jeff Nowitzki is an agent with the IRS, but today he's not after back taxes or secret bank accounts. This is a drug bust and not an ordinary one. Listen up. In a few minutes, we will proceed approximately 1.5 miles to our target. As far as we know, the suspects do not own any firearms. I repeat, as far as we know. You are to seize all controlled or unknown substances, paraphernalia, and any documents dating back to 1994. If you find anything with the name Barry Bonds on it, notify me ASAP. They arrive at a strip mall. Levitsky signals to the officers to surround a low, nondescript building. The sign outside reads Balco, Bay Area Laboratory Co-op. Federal agents, we have a search warrant. Everybody, show me your hands. The agents swarm into the building with their guns drawn. They move quickly, herding the three people inside into the center of the room while they secure the premises. Joyce Valente, the office manager, is shaking as she raises her hands above her head. She looks to her husband, Jim, Balco's vice president, for reassurance, and he stands silent and ashen. But the agent's attention isn't focused on them. It's on Victor Conti, the founder and president of Balco. He's a muscular 53-year-old with a thin mustache and slicked back hair. You might say he looks like a used car salesman, but he's wearing a white lab coat. It's incongruous, but so is everything about Victor Conti. Nowitzki instructs an officer to pat Conti down for weapons and asks if he's willing to talk. Conti agrees. They go into the conference room. Nowitzki pressures Conti, telling him they've got ample proof of his guilt and that his cooperation might be looked on favorably by prosecutors. It's a well-worn cop tactic, 
and savvy suspects don't fall for it. They clam up and insist on having a lawyer present. But Victor Conti is an odd mixture of brilliance and naivete. He talks and talks and talks for three hours. He answers all of Agent Novitsky's questions. He even answers questions Novitsky doesn't ask. Considering he's going through a federal raid, Victor Conti is surprisingly calm. He's used to trusting his instinct. It served him well in the past, but this time, his instincts couldn't be more wrong. Conti doesn't know it, but the fallout from this raid will bring down champions and world record holders. There will be congressional investigations, lawsuits, and recriminations. Records will be revoked, careers ended, and jail time served. This is the story of Balco and the steroid scandal that rocked sports and fueled a debate about performance-enhancing drugs that continues to this day. From Wondery, I'm Lindsey Graham, and this is American Scandal. Our nation's history has been shaped by the fall of the powerful played out in back rooms and boardrooms, and is littered with lies and schemes that went horribly awry. And yet, we're transfixed by these larger-than-life characters with dreams so big they can't be contained by laws or norms or honor or shame. In this series, we're diving deep into America's most fascinating scandals to explore not only what happened, but why. From sports, to politics, to business and culture, we'll get to know those who have aimed for the stars and gone out in a blaze of infamy. In this four-episode series, we're delving into a story that's as American as baseball, hot dogs, and apple pie. Yes, hot dogs are full of carcinogens and apple pie isn't really American, but baseball, baseball is our national pastime. Generations of kids grew up idolizing baseball players like Babe Ruth, Jackie Robinson, Willie Mays, and Hank Aaron, memorizing their stats, marveling at the records they set, watching breathlessly as new players shattered those records. And there's no sport where records are more sacred than baseball. Sports is the ultimate meritocracy. That's why the games have rules. The best team wins. The best players excel. So when someone's caught cheating, they don't just get into trouble. It's an affront to everything we believe in. At least, that's how it looks from the bleachers. But the view on the field is different. Relentless pressure to make the team, to stay a step ahead of your rival, to break records. If the key to winning is being the best and the best are using performance-enhancing drugs, what do you do? Athletes face a wrenching choice, cheat or lose. In this four-episode series, we're investigating a controversy that engulfed sports. And standing squarely at the center of it is Victor Conti, a charismatic, self-taught scientist training some of the most famous athletes in the world. It's July of 1983. Victor Conti sits in a cramped office, barely the size of a single white trailer. He leans against a huge, high-tech machine that takes up nearly half the room. 
It's called an inductively coupled plasma spectrometer, or ICP, and it's the centerpiece of Victor's business. ICPs are used for everything from inspecting the welds on atomic bomb casings to matching samples taken from crime scenes to testing urine and blood. He's the first person to use one to analyze athletes' urine and blood to determine what supplements will maximize their performance. Sitting on the small, worn couch is a 285-pound shot putter and Olympic hopeful named Greg Tafralis. Between him and the ICP, there's barely room to turn around. Three words, Greg. Trace mineral testing. <laughs> All right. So how does trace mineral testing get me to the Olympics? You know how to get to Carnegie Hall, Greg? Yeah, practice. And I do. I train every day. The air conditioner in the window rattles, struggling against the heat thrown off by the ICP. Or maybe it's the heat from Victor's enthusiastic pitch. He's an impressive speaker. Training is just one component of your practice, Greg. Equally important are your thoughts, your actions, your dreams, and what you put into your body. Greg nods his head. He likes what Conti is selling him. I believe you can be an Olympian, Greg. Are you with me? 100%. You can if you think you can. Victor's a big believer in positive thinking and following your dreams. A few years ago, he and his wife opened a small vitamin store. The Bay Area was ground zero for alternative therapies, herbalism, and new age philosophy, so they were in the right place at the right time. The supplement industry, which is largely unregulated, was on the cusp of exploding into a billion-dollar business. But hard work and positive vibes weren't enough. They struggled, and the store closed. So Victor decides to narrow his focus. He'll work one-on-one -on -one with elite athletes to create customized supplement programs. Experts dismiss Conti's trace mineral testing and his supplements as nonsense. But Victor has studied the science, and much of what he says is true. His ICP machine does detect trace levels of minerals. Working out does deplete them. And the supplements he recommends to his clients do contain those minerals. But the experts scoff. You don't need supplements to replace these minerals because minerals are replaced by things like leafy greens in a normal diet. Conti has no love for so-called experts. Sure, they have advanced degrees and fancy titles, and he's a college dropout from Fresno, but he's smart, and he's driven, and he spends every spare moment at the Stanford University Medical Library, studying, researching, and dreaming up new theories. He likes to think of himself as unconstrained by the boundaries of a formal education. Conti believes in what he's offering. So much so, he doesn't charge the athletes for his service. Instead, he gives them clothing to wear. The clothing consists of Balco hats and t-shirts. If elite athletes credit their success to Balco, then maybe the general public will buy his supplements too. There's one small hitch. The elite athletes need to be the best of the best, the kind the whole world watches. They need to be Olympians. Conti spends the next few years promoting the business, and his athlete clients refer their peers. The better known he becomes, the higher caliber of athlete he attracts. And by 1988, his work and belief in himself has paid off. NBC Sports presents the 1988 Summer Olympics, Seoul. Sponsored by Budweiser, proud sponsor of the 1988 U.S. Olympic team. He has 25 top athletes in his stable, and they're heading to the Summer Olympics in Seoul, Korea. He proudly presents to the world the Balco Olympians, all of them, of course, decked out in Balco swag. He's taken a big risk, investing in his athletes by providing them with free blood and urine analysis and his supplements. But is that all he's giving them? 
Conti insists he wasn't giving his clients any illegal performance-enhancing drugs at this point, but that doesn't mean they aren't getting them somewhere else. We can't be sure if Conti is telling the truth, but here's one indisputable fact. Shot putter Greg Tefralis was ranked number 10 nationally when he met Conti. Now he's number one and a member of the Olympic team. The experts dismiss Conti and his trace mineral analysis as a joke. Conti thinks, who's the joke now? Despite his big dreams, not one Balco Olympian wins a medal. Greg Tafralis comes in ninth, far behind gold medalist Ulf Timmerman. 22 meters and 47, he's done it on the very last throw of this competition. Timmerman gold. What a test of competitiveness that was for Ulf Timmerman. He shakes his head, he can't believe what he's done. Greg Tafralis can't believe it either. He knows exactly what the secret to Timmerman's success is, banned performance-enhancing drugs. East Germany has had spectacular results at the Olympics and at a devastating cost. Under a covert state-sponsored doping program started in the 1960s, coaches and trainers pumped athletes full of anabolic steroids and other drugs. Over 10,000 athletes, some of them barely teenagers, were forced to participate. Often they weren't even told what they were taking. They won medals, but the side effects were severe and even, in some cases, deadly. For East Germany, winning was a matter of national ego. It was the height of the Cold War, and they wanted to prove that communist countries produced better athletes. Since the athletes had no choice in the matter and the state was sponsoring the program, there were no checks or balances. They'd test their athletes right before the games. If they tested positive for steroids, then they'd fake an injury and withdraw. For a small country, the results were astonishing. In the 1968 Olympics, East Germany won nine gold medals. Ten years later, they won 40. Doping at the Olympics was nothing new. Ancient Olympians gnawed on sheep testicles to spike their testosterone levels. In the 1930s, amphetamines were the performance enhancer of choice. By the 1960s, the popularity of steroids was so widespread that the Olympics had to admit they had a problem. They announced a ban on the most popular performance-enhancing drugs and set up a testing program to ensure compliance. But by 1988, the Seoul Olympics had become a steroid arms race. For each new test, athletes and trainers find a way to beat it or a new drug to take. Sometimes they're caught, but most of the time they get away with it. There are even allegations of cover-ups by Olympic officials who don't want the extent of doping to be known. And the athletes who don't take banned drugs are often left one step behind. One step can be the difference between winning and losing. If they're caught, it can mean giving up medals and millions of dollars in endorsement deals, not to mention the risk to their health. But for many athletes, it's a risk worth taking. And that is where Victor Conti comes in. What if someone could ensure the drugs are pure and instruct athletes how to use them for maximum effectiveness while minimizing side effects? And most importantly, make sure they still test negative for banned substances. The Seoul Games will become known as the Ben Johnson Olympics after the Canadian sprinter who broke the world record for the 100 meters, only to have it revoked two days later when he tested positive for steroids. Shot putter Greg Tafralis will later be busted for using steroids, as will Jim Daring, another member of the Balco Olympians. Did they get their steroids from Victor Conti? He says no, and they don't contradict him. To this day, no one has come forward to say Conti gave them steroids in the 1990s but that might not mean he didn't. 
That's the problem with telling the story of Victor Conti and Balco. There's no ICP spectrometer to take the stream of claims and contradictions and isolate what's real. Did he open Balco with the express purpose of selling illegal performance-enhancing drugs? There's no smoking gun proving that he did. It's safe to say he has a genuine interest in maximizing athletic performance, and that he has an open mind and a voracious appetite for learning and exploring new ideas. He hasn't gone to the dark side yet. That was just a preview of American Scandal. To hear the rest of this episode and not miss what happens next, subscribe to American Scandal on Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, or find a link in the episode notes.